And well, we're recording. Maybe. <laughs> Welcome to Guest Group Podcast. This is Cameron and Lucas, our weekly? Weekly. Bi-weekly? So weekly. Monthly? <laughs> podcast. At, uh, this week at Wayfinder Brewing in Portland, Oregon. In a the beautiful, beautiful industrial east side of Portland. I think I almost got shanked on the way over. <laughs> So Wayfinder looks like it's been here for about a year. This is our first visit, and uh, pretty lovely space. Like some nice um, exposed brick walls, wood, nice decky area. No, I really, I really, really like it. Um, the uh, staff has been incredibly pleasant. The I like the fireplace outside. We're not outside because it's 29 degrees out, or some absurd low number. What's that the, in Celsius? Like I mean, we negative? could we could take it, but the microphone wouldn't work. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're gonna say. The iPhone would stop working. It's too cold. Um, okay, so so what what's our first beer here, Lucas? All right, so our first beer of the night is the Flower in the Kettle. Flower. This is a hazy IPA. So hazy IPAs. This is kind of um, kind of a new thing, I guess. It's kind of become. Uh, a brewery near in my neighborhood actually has one of these. They're also called Northeast IPAs, Vermont IPAs, and what was the the one I liked best was New Era IPAs. New Era. Um, so they're they're less bitter uh, uh, than a normal IPA. They look kind of hazy, and I'll let you give this one a, a first go. They're also usually described as juicy. So some people don't like that about them. Um. Yeah, I think I think juicy is a good word for that. It's not citrusy, and I often feel like juicy and citrusy is a bit often used synonymously. But it's kind of it's got a round fruit flavor to it that I'm not huge on, but it's not bad. Um, it's I would say I I actually really like it. I I get the juicy part part to it. It's it to me it's it's just an IPA with that's not so bitter like. And what's really weird about that is I usually like IPAs that, uh, that just punch you in the face. But this one, it's nice and smooth. I, maybe I was just uh, in the mood for something a little smoother tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that like rather than lacking in bitterness, it doesn't have a sharpness to it. No. It's very, it's very smooth, very rounded. Like, what's the IBUs on this? Uh, so the IBUs are 62. 62. Uh, ABV is 6.7, so a little high. Um, yeah, for having a 62 IBU, I think that that's very smooth. Now, um, uh, Wayfinder, uh, their description of this is bucket loads of juicy mosaic hops balanced between Amarillo and grapefruit forward Simcoe. No flour added, so gluten-free or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know that the hazy IPAs are a bit, um, well, they're, they're literally hazy. Like, that's like a, a, a Hefeweizen's a hazy beer as well. So it's got, like, it's unfiltered. It looks like a Hefeweizen, actually. It's got, like, that, well, I guess the word's just hazy. I like um, it. Yeah. I, I quite enjoy it. Similarly, a nice follow-up to that, which, in retrospect, should have been our first beer. Oh, well. Was the uh, Hazy Pale Ale. This is a Polybius Hazy Pale Ale, whose name... Escapes me. I I can't believe you didn't know what Plebeus was. Uh, Plebeus, uh, for those of you who don't know, I anyone in Portland should probably know this. It's an urban legend here in Portland. Um, I'll tell you all about it as 
Lucas describes his taste of the beer. Um, yes, that was definitely the wrong order. So, I think that huh. it's nice. It's a it's a pale. Um, it's it's kind of a. It doesn't linger heavily, so it's it, it's pretty drinkable, but it doesn't have like a very distinct aftertaste beyond like. It, it's less juicy. It's it, it's kind of like a less juicy version of the IPA. It's definitely less juicy. Um, I I don't know. There's some some taste at the end of that that I can't quite place. Now, um, Wayfinder describes this one as golden and crisp with Sim, Simcoe and Centennial hops in a harmonious balance. Uh, let's see, IBU of 37, ABV 5.3. Um, cool. I it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So yeah. what's a Polybius? Polybius. Okay, so Polybius is this urban legend here um, from that supposedly happened here in Portland. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, so supposedly happened here in Portland where this video game showed up in the 80s in a local arcade that would cause the player to get sick, have seizures, and supposedly government agents were showing up and getting data from the game. This all happened supposedly in the mid-80s. Now, there's actually another podcast, and if you're listening to this, you probably like podcasts. So there's a pretty good podcast called The Polybius Conspiracy out there that kind of details all of this and has some investigative journalists visit Portland and talk to some people. Uh, as far as anyone can tell, no one's ever found the game Polybius. It probably didn't exist. It's much more likely just kind of a variety of stories came together in the 80s. Apparently, arcades back in the day were a little sketchy. Weird things happening in there as far as selling drugs, and there's lots of teenagers and and other things. And so the police got involved. Apparently, gambling was a big problem in arcades at one point. So, so police got involved in arcades and some crackdown, and that happened here in Portland. Like they cracked down on some arcades for selling drugs. Um, so a bunch of baked kids were playing Tempest and got confused and there was sick. There was actually a, a story, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. It was like some kid was playing Tempest and like passed out or something like that while playing Tempest and they got in local Who news. I, I would definitely pass out if I played Tempest too long. <laughs> um, so, so supposedly this game exists. It's out there somewhere where... Uh, and kind of fun that they named a beer after it. Yes. That makes me wonder how many of these other beers I should but don't recognize. Luna Muerte. Yeah, I don't think any of these other... Flower in the Kettle doesn't sound familiar to me. Mindstrum sounds like a play on Mindstorm. Yeah. Well, I, I know there's definitely like a, a lovely hell theme going on at this place. With the uh, signature log lager being there, Lagbier Hell. Um, it's a, it's kind of a delightful theme. I wouldn't be surprised actually if this comes from the same place as the beer hall in the southeast, um, with like that giant tap. Oh yeah, that place. Um, the name escapes me at the moment. It's similar like ligature and style in their font. Like the Might be the same owners. Or they just went to the same design firm. As usual, this stuff always comes from the same restaurateurs around town. 
There's like three <laughs> that own all of Portland. That's true. Uh, except I, I just found a Moon Shrimp Brewing. Sounds like an interesting one we should visit sometime. Oh, where this they This will be a, a field trip podcast. It's somewhere in Southeast that I haven't quite been able to identify. Um, but it is open. You could buy beer 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. on Tuesdays out of a window near a building in Southeast. I think you're describing math. <laughs> I don't think that's beer. Well, well, we'll only know if we go and check it out. I guess I guess we'll find out. Oh. <laughs> the next podcast might be very messed up. It will be the, uh, yeah, paper bag edition. We can also put some Colt 45 on there. Whatever else we find at our local 7-Eleven. I like 7-Eleven. I'm, I'm in the minority here. And they carry soil now. Oh, I Can heard see that. that. I yeah. heard that, yeah. Um... Soylent is my breakfast of choice. So. I ran out, and I haven't managed to refill, but I, I got away from breakfast. Still don't eat breakfast. It does okay for me. So Soylent was my... I'm still too lazy to eat lunch, so I'll drink some Soylent meal. And it's... I've, I've been doing a better job of actually like cooking and preparing meals for myself, so... That's probably that, That's here. a win. It's probably but I do better. miss the Soylent. Gravely. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I don't... Do you go in on the fancy flavors, or just like... Um, yes, I actually like their chai quite a bit. Um, and they had the nectar one, which was basically Fruit Loops, and I liked that one. I don't think they still have it, actually. I didn't notice it the last time I tried to re-up, mm. so... Um, their coffee-flavored one is actually really great for breakfast. Nice. Uh, it's basically Soylent coffee, and so you get that nice little caffeine boost, which apparently I need if I want to physically get out of bed. So, <laughs> otherwise, life seems meaningless, and I just go back to sleep. So say we all. <laughs> so, let's see, um, we got a couple more beers here on deck. We'll take our time going through these two. Yeah, we got two more to go. I need to finish up on the flower in the kettle. Um, so, two things to, to bring up for our podcast listeners. First off, how should they contact us, Lucas? Mail at guestbeerpodcast.com is wow. an address we should set up. Is <laughs> an address that may exist by the time you listen to this, but maybe not. If you send an email and it doesn't bounce, then we will have done our job between now and when you're listening to this. So mail at guestbeerpodcast.com. Um, you can also contact me on Twitter at Mulder C. Uh, I guess we'll set up a beer uh, Twitter thingy. Yeah, because I got a bit confused, I almost got Ben from Twitter on their uh, single account per user rules because I didn't properly sign out of my account when trying to set up the Guest Beer Podcast Twitter handle. Uh, so that was a problem. But I thought I think you we'll, just we'll resolve that now. I thought you posted some hate speech or something. <laughs> yeah, not not quite yet. Well, let's <laughs> see. Uh, I'm so glad they're getting rid of Nazis. That's good for you, Twitter. <laughs> I, I appreciate a, a better Twitter that where people aren't telling me to kill myself. But yes, I, I'm not gonna agree. Or I'm not going to disagree too hard on that, but it is an interesting topic, the whole how much responsibility these social media platforms have in democracy, or whether that's something that is a non-American democracy, a regulated one. I, I'm, I used to be pretty 
pretty far to the pro-free speech side, and I've, I've backed away from that myself. I think threats of violence cross a line. And even if they're indirect threats of violence, I think that crosses a line where that's not protected speech anymore. If you're telling somebody, I wish you would die, I don't think you have any legitimate expectation of that being some sort of protected political speech. Yeah, I would say that that's fair. <laughs> um, now, people advocating like a some sort of nationalist politics, like where do you draw the line? And here, my opinion is private companies can do whatever the hell they want. And if I was a shareholder in Twitter or Facebook, which I'm not, well, actually, I probably am very, very indirectly through some sort of, like, fund, but um, I would want the place to be welcoming and nice. I'd, I would want Twitter and Facebook to be Disneyland. I'd want it to be a place where people want to go and want to share things. And, and you know what? Disneyland kicks Nazis out. So... <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that going to Disneyland as the gold standard for how to run free speech and communication is a, is a great but, play, but But I don't think Facebook and Twitter are about, to me, what they've turned into, they're not email. They're not, they are platforms, they are walled gardens into, into and of themselves. And what that means is that they are their own little space and community. And to me, the, the bigger way to look at it is these are local places people go and visit and hang out with friends. And so I would compare them not to some sort of idealistic communications platform and more as being a mall. Like, it's like I'm going to the mall now, which is Facebook. I'm hanging out with my friends. And you know what? When you go to the mall, you shouldn't be harassed. It's that simple. And there shouldn't be a shop that says, fat bitches die. <laughs> like, like that's not, not what that is. Now, if somebody wants to make a shop called fat bitches die, okay, fine. They can go make, they can buy a server connected to the internet and make right. that. Um, wow. Silver right around there. Perfect. Yeah, all right, that's fair. That's the way I look at it. Um, it gets a little more complicated on some of the other platforms, like what Reddit should do about kind of things. Um, should there be Reddit groups? Should Reddit allow Nazis to have their own subreddit? I would say no, but I, I think there might be an argument on the other Why side. Why is that more complicated? Reddit, to me, is a little bit more of a communications platform than, than Facebook or Twitter directly. Um, at the end of the day, I think I come down with, no, they should ban that and make it into a nice area for all users, and that's going to exclude some horrible people. And you know If the horrible people want to make their own Reddit, they can go make their own Reddit. As they did. Um, yeah, with that, that V1. Did that work out? I don't think so. So, we just got the Asada fries here. <laughs> and they're delicious. Indeed. Um, I like food reviews. It's a big thing we do here, but... We usually don't. Sorry about that. Yes. Actually, we want to know what you guys want, so email us at mail at guestbeerpodcast.com. Guestbeerpodcast.com. I that. Guestbeerpodcast.com. Um, okay, so uh, moving on to the next, because you're probably here to hear... 
to hear about beer, not us talk about random shit. Oh, oh crap, this is a family podcast. <laughs> what? We will be editing out the, the cussing, hopefully. We'll see. Um, yeah, there's another word that sounds very similar to shit that we said instead. Yes, that's what we said. Okay, what's the next beer? So, we have, um, I think we're going with an IPA series time, and the, the one pale because they kind of max it on three IPAs on their menu, which is fair. This is the, um, down, or the Doomtown. It's a West Coast IPA. Um, comes in at 7.5%, 75 IBUs. So, so when we say West Coast IPA, that basically means more hops than anyone should ever put into an IPA, right? That's not yet. <laughs> yes, we might have more. So, what was the IBU you again? Um, seventy-five. Seventy-five. Okay, gonna grab this. Oh no. Are you sure? Okay, yes. So it comes in a very nice. Um, I really like this glass. <laughs> Oh, we Half should. A liter. And if you want to see it, you should check out the Guest Beer Podcast Instagram. That may or may not exist. It may be existing right now. You may be listening to Conception on the podcast. No. You know. So I'll be interested what, what you think of this. Um, I really like West Coast IPAs, and I, I can't imagine that's because I, I magically liked them and it has to be I live on the west coast and this is what I've been drinking for we're not sitting in Boston right now throwing back some hazies <laughs> what do you like about this so there's just a a nice punch to like like west coast IPAs that so what I like about it is the amount of hop like it does not hold back but at the same time, it's balanced in a way that's not—it's not punching you in the face. Although I do enjoy those too. So sometimes we'll have the Nikasi like Tricera hops or something. Like, oh, yeah. uh, there's there's a couple that punch you in the face, and that's kind of fun. But it's. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, so I just I just really like aggressive IPAs. So what did you think? Yeah, um, it's quite good. Um, let's see. It's it's just really, I'd say it's really well balanced. Um, yes. I think that the the thing yeah. is that it's, it's hard to define a beer on what it's not or anything, I guess, for that matter. And that's why I could very well say that our last hazy IPA was well balanced. But this is a bit wider of a range. It's, it's this is the good one because it's a T-shaped IPA. It does really well in like the hop forward notes, but it also has like a good variety to it. It's got like a nice drop off. You taste a little, little bit of maltiness, and it's got a good body. I think it's yeah, it's just really solid. I think my only critique would be the maltiness, <laughs> like like no maltiness, please. Uh, so did you read the description of it or not yet? Okay, so I'll read the description since you're eating. Um, so on on the Doomtown, it's a cleanly fermented. Punchingly aromatic and dry with a weighty dry hop. And that is actually really, really accurate. 
if it means anything more than nonsense, it's that that is exactly what how I would describe it. Uh, it it's high on the alcohol at seven point five, but I if you like IPAs, I, I don't think you'll have it much to complain about here. Yeah. And it's dry hops. Yes, which means something that I found indistinguishable in from, from a flavor perspective. I'm not sure it's ever really meant anything. I, I've never noticed much difference between dry hopped and fresh hopped. I don't know. So, alright. Well, and our uh, fourth and final beer of the night here is the Deadlights. This is a triple IPA. Um, 9.7%. 100 IBUs and um, all right, and buckle our seatbelts. And they only give it to you in a very cute little glass. So, um, because if you drank a whole pint of this, you would be messed up. Which actually, I want to talk a little bit about drinking culture in Portland after we get done with this. But, ooh, wow! What do you think? I think it's phenomenal. Now, I, I, I honestly don't feel like it's quite 9.7%. Oh, it's 9.7. I would, I would probably <laughs> get closer to like 8, and a, eight, eight and a half maybe. Oh, I disagree. I think that's, that's barley wine territory <laughs> going on there. But um, I quite like it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the one thing that kind of sucks about the um, double, triple, high ABV content stuff is that kind of really narrows what the flavor profile even could be. So it's not the most... It doesn't have the widest range um, in, on the palate, but I quite like it. I quite like it, too. Um, it, I think it's strong. But like, this is getting... I, I was just praising, like, aggressive IPAs earlier, and this is, this is on the edge, quite honestly. It's a little more boozy burn than, than I, I think I want out of an IPA. Let me have a little bit more here. Um, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> Holy crap. They, they, I think wow. it's, it's difficult to do a good beer that that high ABV. Like, it, it burns away a lot of the flavor or like it's like unharnessed it's a difficult thing to kind of like rein that into something that actually like is well rounded and does all right on the palate, and they did a really good job of that. No, that that's the amazing part. I mean, this is nine point seven at a hundred IBU. A hundred. I'm not sure I've had a hundred before. And um, but it's it's pretty. I mean, I'll admit that it reminds me of a barley wine more than an IPA. Um, but it's still this is this is just a phenomenal drink. I would I would say too like because that's not the barley one quality. It's it's more of like a it's definitely like more of a winter beer. Something that you drink around the fire like when it's thirty degrees out. You're not getting to throw this back on your porch with the sunshine. No, yeah, so, this, this is a winter, winter beer, yeah. yeah. It's a winter IPA. 
if that's a thing. Um, I guess if, if any place would make a Witcher IPA, I think it would be Portland. Um, Speaking of happy solstice. Finally. Finally. Oddly, um, my family, uh, if, if, there's, if there's a holiday we celebrate, it's solstice. We don't celebrate holidays. Um, pretty much at all. We, you know, we get together on, on the various holidays. But I consistently get text messages from my parents on solstice saying happy solstice. None of us are pagans. If anything, we're Methodists. Um, but the equinox. Yeah, we, we ignore that one. That was sad. Come on. It's one directional. Yeah. But, you know, time is a flat circle, so it's all good. Is that the movie Arrival? Okay, anyways. Oh, no, drinking culture in Portland is mm-hmm. something I want to talk about. And this actually brings up some of it. So I was reading some uh, forum online about moving to Portland. And somebody talked about moving to Portland. And um, they were a person of color. And they, they had some issues with just how white the city is and treatment of people of color. And, and, and that, that was... Um, it's always interesting to hear about. Uh, it's something I think Portland really does need to work on. I'm not quite sure what we need to do, but... Uh, it's definitely that people of color don't feel welcome here, but they brought up the drinking culture. And they said, I can't believe how hard drinking Portland is. And I was I was a little baffled by that, because I don't find this to be particularly hard drinking, um, especially compared to, like, Korea or even Japan. <laughs> but, but I started thinking about it more, and it's like, you know, going out and having, like, four pints in a night is not unheard of. I feel like the drinking culture here is wide-ranging, but it isn't necessarily deep. Like, binging... I don't think binging is big in Portland, but casual drinking is big. Yeah, I don't think people particularly... Well, I think on a technical level, people end up binging, but only because the definition of binging is like four drinks in a night, which would be like two pints or something like that. It's like two, three pints is basically... The equivalent of what's what's defined as a binge. Um, so I don't, but people don't don't like go out and like do kamikazes all night or anything like that. Right. Yeah. It, it's definitely like when you go out drinking, it's like a night of drinking, and you're not usually. The goal isn't to get fucked up. Oh, family podcast. Sorry about that. Um, the the goal is more like you're hanging out with your friends, and you just keep on drinking until you're done hanging out with your friends. Right. Um, but it was just it was just interesting how people. This person on this forum brought this up. Where was this person from, if you recall? I don't recall. I do not think that they, they, they mentioned. So, and and honestly, as far as America goes, I, I do feel that, that our drinking culture is a bit prudish. Um, lunch beer is not acceptable outside of the West Coast, as far as I can tell. And it might only be acceptable, I don't, maybe it's only acceptable in my head, but I feel like lunch beer is kind of fine in the West, I, and, and like, like on the Northeast you can kind of get away with like a martini or something like that. Again, this might just be an all in my head. So I, I think that this kind of goes back to the uh, a previous discussion we had, which was the uh, concentration of craft and microbrews here. Because for, by and large, I think that we're talking about like mostly beer here. We're talking about mixed drinks. When you're drinking a pint of a micro, 
there's a a good order of magnitude different than drinking a pint of Miller. And so I think that having a beer for lunch here is a bit more of a um, alcoholic commitment than what would be the equivalent of like throwing back like a Bud Light Lime in Ohio when you're on your lunch break from the office. And so maybe there's there's like a base level of tolerance that you need to have to actually like hang out with people here because like the the delight that people enjoy is kick you in the pants here as I sit here drinking this triple IPA at 9.6% as my second beer. Okay, yeah, that, that one's kind of impressive. I mean, I, I don't know. It was, it was interesting to hear that I never really thought about the drinking culture of Portland being different than yeah. anywhere else. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think it is. It's very much more beer-centric. Possibly a little more whiskey-centric than a lot of places. I definitely noticed that a lot here. Um, and I actually did have a fantastic whiskey recently from I want to say it's from House Distillery I'm going to have to look this up uh, so me and my significant other Roy were heading to uh, Berkeley actually he was giving a talk there and and we were staying with some friends of his and so we um, picked up a bottle of whiskey as kind of a gift because we were staying there um, and and honestly it was so good like it was so good that that when I got back to the airport coming back I almost bought a bottle but it was sixty dollars a pop and I was like ah ah that's that's a little more than I can just like justify just kind of like randomly buying because I happen to be here um, but I'm gonna have to look up the name uh, if you listen to the next podcast I'll have the name for it it was the best whiskey I've ever had it was better and that's than that's why you need to listen to the next podcast yes you need to listen to the next one to find out the name of that that whiskey it was better than than anything we had at Yamazaki. Um, I, I I drink a fair bit of whiskey as well, so I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I you know maybe if I'm at PDX, I'll buy some because I know I know where I can buy at, it at PDX. I think it's House. I I want to say it's from House because I I think the vodka I noticed was from House, so I'm pretty sure it's the same distillery. They have Akavit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then that's house. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they do. They do really well. Um, I, I think I've actually toured them. I, we might have toured them. Yeah, yeah, we toured them. Okay. Um, yeah, I think um, as far as the stories go, I think house is my favorite in Portland. Which I think I just proved that all Portlanders are alcoholics. I have a favorite distillery. Who the fuck has a favorite distillery, really? Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Um, well, damn. So, for the listeners, uh, we finished all our beers. We got four. Um, Lucas definitely cannot have any more to drink. The 9.7. So, I guess... Um, because this one's so delightful and I wouldn't want anything else. Oh. It's it's actually... It's amazing. I I want that. Right? Yeah, probably. Right? This is not ours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so if you're in Port- Portland and are in the uh, industrial east side, check out... Wherever the hell we are. Where are we? <laughs> what, what brewery is this again, Lucas? Wayfinder. Wayfinder. Uh, so 
Wayfinder Brewery. It's actually a really cool place. I really, really like it. Um, or you can travel the normal way that people who have too much money travel right now, which is jump in a Lyft or an Uber, and they'll match a carpet you to some location. And you'll get out and you'll be here at this weird castle in the industrial area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't walk here. I, I made that mistake. And, but it's, it's really, really... It's a spot. I think we'll be coming here in the future. Um, we have how many beers do they have on tap? They have quite a few. One, two, three, um, four, ten five. beers on tap and six guests. So they have sixteen. So we'll probably be back. Um, I, I, I think yes. Uh, so I think everything was really fantastic here. I really what I want to see them make is I want to see a hazy version of the Deadlights IPA. Me too. Absolutely. A juicy version of this as their summer beer. I'm, I'm still not convinced about the whole hazy, ergo juicy thing, but we will... We need a bigger data set. I've had, I've had enough hazies now, which I, this is probably three or four, um, where I, I kind of agree with the whole juicy thing. It's more citrusy flavor. It's kind of like orange juice. That hazy version, I don't know how you do that. I, so, ass- assuming the haziness is just like unfiltered yeast, then maybe B12 just tastes juicy. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll have to get some B12 supplements and drop shot them into our beers. To <laughs> complete the healthy Northwestern beer aficionado drinking culture triangle. Oh, it's not healthy. No. <laughs> no, no. So I watched a movie last night. What do you watch? Mother. You finally watched Mother. What did you think? I think that... Aronofsky does Obsession really well. Um, I think it was a waste of time for the vast majority of humans to watch that movie. (laughs) Um, Enough where, at at certain points, I was just like, my God, I'm just going to... I'm going to use the restroom. I don't need to pause this. I'll just come back and see what's going on then. It's not... uh, I like Javier Bardem. I've come to like Jennifer Lawrence's acting and her abilities... Aronofsky does good in whatever he's doing. But occasionally he just goes... I know that when I go in and see an Aronofsky movie, I can appreciate the the effort that goes into them, but I'm not necessarily going to like it. That doesn't mean they didn't accomplish what you want to accomplish. Something like The Fountain is a movie that exists and I think does whatever the hell is trying to do fairly well. It's just something that I is off base from my ability to enjoy or grow from this movie. So I really like Aronofsky. I haven't seen Noah, uh, but everything else he's yeah. done, I I think Pi is literally one of my favorite movies. It's possibly the first movie I ever saw that really like, for lack of a better term, like like really like like I connected with. Like, I saw it, and it was just, like, it was just so different than anything else I've ever seen. And just kind of, like, had some sort of, like... It's probably the first movie that really showed me, like, why people are so into cinema. Like, it was just, like, so amazing. Um, so I've liked his stuff since. 
It's it's really quite good. Um, uh, so Mother, though, I I have such I go back and forth on. Like coming out of the theater for Mother, I was like, what the hell? Why did I just watch that? That seemed really weird. First they did that whole like fake trailer thing or misleading trailer thing for that movie. I don't Where, know how we would make a trailer for that movie. Apparently, a lot of people thought that this would just be like a run-of-the-mill thriller that had Jay, Jennifer Lawrence in it. A romantic comedy? With... <laughs> yeah, something like that. Have you heard at, that? At which point? Have you heard the uh, the trailer for um, uh, The Shining that turns into a romantic comedy? Yeah. That's yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't know how you would make a trailer for this film. There's I, always ways. Yeah. I... I think I've come to decide that the way you can tell good cinema and good books too, and good media kind of in general, is do you come back and think about it a lot? And I have to say, for Mother, I think about more often than I probably should. That movie pops in my head really randomly, which I don't know if it's healthy. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe I need to be on medication. But. It's a fascinating film I, that I do not think I could ever watch again. I've read the Bible enough times where I don't need more of that bullshit stuck in my head. Have you actually read the Bible? I have. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, yeah, you grew up like... Yeah. yeah. In that. Family. Yeah, yeah. I've actually read... I think I've read more of the Quran than the Bible, but... And I've definitely read the Tao Te Ching way more than the Bible. I mean, that all said, like... While the... It's pretty close to hit you over the head biblical if you have any like understanding of like the general like yeah. allegories they're going through here. Yeah, yeah. There are things that I just completely missed initially that in watching in retrospects, I wasn't like, oh that's interesting so much as like Oh yeah, obviously. It didn't There wasn't much that overall surprised me in terms of like a creative direction or anything for the movie. It seemed to be like a very like closed loop which is actually I guess a fairly ironic way of like I summarizing that, the movie. No, I thought that was really interesting. It's like one shot basically for the entire film, right? Almost. Yeah, I mean it's, they do a really, yeah. And there's no music either. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was a fascinating experience. I mean, I really do liken it to the same experience as Extreme Color. I had very similar emotions, I guess, going on. Those unspeakable emotions that happen that you cannot name. I, I think it's, as best I can tell, things like Upstream Color and Mother and some of these other films where you just kind of come out baffled, it's because you're feeling conflicting emotions at the same time. I don't know what to think of Mother. Should I be happy, sad, angry, frightened? I don't know. I'm kind of all of that all at once, and it's very confusing, and it's the experience. Okay, so we had a little bit of technical difficulty. Um, if you want to hear our, our feelings about The Last Jedi, you can um, tune in next week. We'll have more by then, <laughs> after we have seen it twice. We've only I've seen it once so far, so it's not really fair. After we've seen it two or three times and had a fist fight in the alley. <laughs> so, um, Wayfinder Brewery? 
I, I, I would recommend it. I actually quite like it. We definitely need to come back and uh, branch out from our fairly IPs or fairly ale-centric journey today. They've got a nice Hefeweizen, a Saison that's sold out currently. They have a Bach, a Pilsner. For some people, they can have their lager that's appropriately named Hell. Don't they have a hoppy, like, Pilsner or something like that? Yes. Uh, it's sold out at the moment, so we'll see. But um, otherwise, like, among those that we tried, great space, good food, good beer. No, I really liked it. I'm very, very impressed. I was getting a little jaded on Portland breweries, I guess, because we'd been to enough where I was kind of like, this isn't really anything new. But this one really had some stuff that surprised me. Um, I like the space. I like the location. Well, well, the shanking's a little weird. But the, sh- the location's actually pretty cool. Uh, ver- very cool view from the, the patio. So, um, yeah, highly recommended. Uh, tune in next week. Um, I want to continue our tradition. Lucas and I have done many podcasts. This is our, our, our first new one here at the Guest Beer Podcast. And uh, our general tradition is if you get in touch with us and want to get drinks with us and be on the podcast, we are completely open to that. We will pay for your beer. So get in touch with us at mail at guestbeerpodcast.com. Dot com? Dot com. Dot com. Uh, or you can uh, reach me on Twitter at Mulder C uh, on Twitter. Uh, so get in touch with us, and we'll probably have a Twitter account and uh, Instagram and all sorts of neat stuff. So <coughs> thank you. <coughs> thank you. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, see you later.